0: Turn with me in your Bibles briefly uh, this morning, and I want to talk about vision, Uh, just for a few minutes about vision, uh, and what is a personal vision, and how that personal vision can be attacked in a person's life. And if I was to ask you this morning, can you tell me in 30 seconds what your vision is? Think of that for a second. If I was to come up and ask you, I'm not going to do that. It's like asking someone what is your mission statement. If someone was to ask you, what is your mission statement of your life? What's your mission for your life? What's your vision? And could you explain that in about 30 seconds? And if you can't, and that's not a problem, but it's just a good it's a good challenge to think that we have in our life as a believer a God-given vision that's given to you and I. This vision is a supernatural vision, and it's a vision that goes beyond anything that we could ever ask or think or try to do in ourselves, in our own energy or or our own abilities. And that's why when God gives a vision or God gives a calling or a mission to a person, this is the most exciting thing that a person could ever be involved with. If we don't have a personal vision in our life, then our whole life becomes just a series of circumstances, domestic responsibilities, career options, work choices, what I'm doing with my, with my vacation. When we have an eternal vision in our life, this vision is a vision that supersedes anything that could ever be um, natural or comprehended or even um, calculated god wants us to as a believer understand what is our personal vision in our life and when we think of missions you might be here today in the in the pews and enjoy the pews because we're not going to have them a lot longer Uh, we are going to be getting better chairs we've ordered them and they're going to be picked up soon but when you're sitting there in your poo, think about this. What is God's vision for my life, and what does God want to do? Let's, let's look in Acts chapter 26, verse 14. Acts chapter 26, verse 14, and we know that Paul here is speaking to King Agrippa. This is the end of his life, and at the end of his life, when a lot of people reach that point, they kind of do an overview of all that's happened, How many of us have ever been at someone's deathbed? And they're kind of going over their life. It's kind of a review, a summary. They're talking about their life. Paul is doing this here in Acts 26. And I'm just going to read these verses, verses 14 through 19. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O King, along the road I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And we would, when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me, and saying in, Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet. I like those words. You know, whenever someone meets Jesus Christ for the first time, those are the words that they're going to hear. Jesus puts people on their feet, doesn't he? Doesn't he hasn't he done that in your life? Has he put you on, on your feet? He said, rise, stand in your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as the Gentiles to whom I now send you and here's the purpose of what he's sending them to do, sending him to do, to open their eyes, to open, to, in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Think of these words with me. I want to look at this one statement here. He says, For this purpose, I have I have called you. You know, when God speaks to you and I on an individual level with a purpose in mind. He wants to reveal this to us in such a deep way. In the Deepest part of us, which is the inner man, the new man that's in Christ. Because when God calls you and I, he's not calling us in our flesh. He's not addressing your personal human energy. Sometimes people hear the call of God or they think about the vision of God for their life. And we respond in our physical and our mental energy and like, okay, I can do that. I got enough money to do that. This is possible. This looks like something I can do. God never calls a person in that way. He calls the new man inside of us. That part of us that is the new man that has been uh, put in us at the point of salvation, the new you. That part of us that is not under the bondage of sin, that's not under the bondage of the system, that doesn't live. You know, some of us, many of us, have a record, but in the new man, we have no record because there's no history. The cross erases our history, our history in the flesh. And I love this story. I always tell this story, but I'm just going to tell it really quickly. There's a guy in Ukraine, and he was, I think he had just done everything in the book. And, uh, you know, he was just a super, Pastor Misha knows what I'm talking about. Um, First name begins with V, last name begins with R. He is an amazing guy. He He came to our church, he had just, he was like coming out of drugs, and he just looked like a scarecrow, and I said, okay, come on in, Um, you know, God's got a call in your life. And I had never worked with drug addicts before, and I just said, God, how do I work with drug addicts? I have no idea, like, how to work with them. God just said, preach the finished work, new creation, new creation, new creation, forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Romans 7, you are not your sin, forgiveness, new creation. And you know what? Him, like many others, discovered who he was in Christ. And I remember one day we were at a service, not a service like this, but like at an informal setting. And I said, I said, well, share with us your testimony about, you know, what your life was before Christ. And he goes, he goes I don't understand what you mean. I go, you know, like what you, what happened, what you used to do, like what you, you know, what you were into. And he goes, no idea what you're talking about, Pastor Griff. And I thought, okay, is this guy living in denial or what's going on? And he goes, I go, come on, Volvo, you know what I'm talking about. And he goes, no, that man died. He's dead. I don't remember. And I always stuck with me. I thought, you know something, when God calls you and I and when he gives us a vision, he's not giving the old man a vision. He's giving the new man a vision. And this vision is something that he wants to that he wants to shed abroad in our heart in a very deep way. This vision comes first by this. The vision is not necessarily a project. It is not necessarily some type of religious endeavor. It's not some type of thing that I'm going to do cuz God does not call us into doing first. He calls us first to himself. When, when Jesus appeared to Paul, what was going on? Was, Paul, was Jesus speaking to um, Paul to do something, or was Jesus appearing to him as the person of Christ, the person of God? Jesus appeared to Paul in his person. Before you and I ever endeavor or undertake any type of vision in our life, he wants us to understand the nature of who he is. Because if we can understand the nature of God, then we'll find ourselves in a place where we can trust Him. Because I think many of us would be like, God, just tell me what to do. I'll be happy we can have a servant-master relationship. And when we talk like that to God, God's not going to give us something to do, even though we're looking for something to do. God's going to say, I want you to know me, Matthew chapter 11. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and laden down with burdens and I will give your soul rest. This is the first thing. And the second thing is, is that when God gives us that vision, we can tell that it's a vision because it's supernatural. It's un, it's, we are unable to do it in our own energy. And I just want to finish with this. Is, you know, my wife and I were missionaries since we consider ourselves now missionaries here in the greater Philadelphia area. We sense that we're called. We sense that we have a calling here. We sense that God is moving in this area, that God is moving among churches and other, uh, other believers such as ourselves in this area. There's something awesome happening here. And we're just getting started. We, um, as you know, we have a building project that we are talking about. We're just waiting to hear back about the funding. And we are going to finish our chapel and we're going to build a youth center. And that's going to happen. How do we know? Well, we just know that God put it in our hearts. And the purpose of that is to reach people. Because we want people to meet God. We want people like James and that, 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 you know, like James's testimony, awesome testimony. We want people that are in those kind of situations to discover that there's a new life, there's a new man, and there's a new creation. But you know something? There are four things that I think that could steal a vision from a person's life. And I'm going to close with this. Four things that the devil will try to throw at you and I to try to take our vision. Number one, Psalm 86, verse 11, a divided heart. Oh, we know what that means, right? Divided heart. I want this, and I also want that. It's, 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 a, it's a heart and affection for two different things. David's prayer in Psalm 86, verse 11 was, God, I have a divided heart, and I can't do anything about it. And what was his prayer? David said, unify my heart to fear thy name. If we have a divided heart, if we have affections for things that are in the world and affections for things that are in God, we go to God and say, God, this is the status of my heart. This is where I'm at. Like I can't, I can't, God, see we got to remember that God does not call us into behavioral modification. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not a psychological trip or behavioral modification or new vocabulary when the internal inside is not changed. We go to God and say, this is where I'm at. And God says, I love you, I'm going to heal you, and you're going to be able to trust me. Remember in the Old Testament, whenever you see that word fear, it just means trust. Unify my heart to trust your name. The second thing that can try to steal our vision, and it's similar to the first, but it's in James 1, verse 8. Hey, double minds. What is a double mind? It just means that when my heart's divided, then I'm gonna be thinking about two different things. I'm gonna have we all know what that is, right? A divided mind, a double mind, where I'm I'm my yes don't mean yay and my nays don't be don't no don't don't mean nay. But I'm think my thinking is distracted. And this is really the society that we live in, a very distracted society because of everything that's going on. Double-mindedness. How about Matthew chapter 6, number 3, the cares of this world, details of life, right? All the stuff that's going on. If you have a business, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you've got a career or if you've got, you got a lot going on with your family, you know what I'm talking about, the cares of this life. It is so key that we guard this vision and we think about it and we, we meditate on it. And we think, God, what do you want to do in my life and in my ministry, whatever your ministry might be? In the body, and then lastly, that that last thing that can so easily steal our vision, and that's sin. And sin is just it is just such a it's such a um, it's such a monster. How does the Bible define sin? When well, we understand the Ten Commandments, and that does a good job defining sin. But I like the New Testament because the New Testament takes everything. From the Old Testament, it makes it more precise and more clear. Whatever in Romans chapter 14, whatever is not of faith is what? Missing the mark. So like I may not be doing anything bad in my life. I may not be killing anybody or doing or stealing. But if I'm not thinking with God in faith about the vision that he's given for my life, in faith, I'm missing the mark. I'm just missing the mark. I'm not hitting the target. I'm not hitting that point that God wants. And I'll just finish with this. I said 10 minutes and it's 14 minutes, whatever. I'll be done in a second here. If we miss the mark in faith, in the vision, then we're going to flounder and we're going to try to compensate with other things. The only way that we can understand God's plan for our, our life is by faith. And when you're walking by faith, it's hard sometimes to explain to people what you're doing. You ever try to explain to people what your life as a believer is? well I go to church I serve the Lord I do this I do that and you get the look like wow that's kind of interesting and you know what? we just we just stop trying to explain to people because whatsoever is not a faith in my life is sin I'm missing the mark and we're walking by faith in what we do I just want to say that the vision that the Lord gives is a vision that really is for people and I'm just going to say it because I'm not afraid to say it. I have, we as a team, as a church, our vision in this church, one of them is is that the Lord would pack this place out with, um, we're praying for 100 people. And someone say, well, Pastor Chris, if that doesn't happen in a year, you're going to look really foolish. I don't know. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. Lord, why do we say that? Is it about numbers? No. It's about God wants to reach people. Why would God's house why would God not want his house full? Why would God want us to have like just a handful? Which is precious and I'm not against that. Despise not the day of small things. But have a vision. If we know a big God that loves and that wants to reach people, then our vision is 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 gonna burst out of our like these kids bursting out of <laughs> it's gonna burst out of the. It's gonna burst out of our possibilities, right? We definitely need to do some, do some remodeling this job. And put the kids back there. All right, it's all good, isn't it? All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we.